also, as I previously said, this is the time that the church calls Pentecost. The Torah calls it either Feast of the Weeks or Shavuot. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk just a bit about that before we, we go into prayer. Because I believe that God is going to baptize some people afresh this morning. I believe that the purpose of these things that we are talking about. Now, you need to realize something that the people of Israel never celebrated a feast in Egypt. Passover was there, but I'm talking about celebrating, gathering to celebrate. Because there is no celebration in bondage. So God made sure he took them out of Egypt. And then start to give them the feast because feast, according to God's word, it's divine appointments. It's divine rendezvous that God gives to his people so that he can celebrate with them. The feast stands for freedom. Hallelujah. So the church can celebrate because we are in freedom. Some of the people are still celebrating in bondage. Because the, 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 the mindset of Egypt is still in them. But I want to give some few scriptures and I want to focus on maybe two things. I know you know the message of Pentecost, so I, there, are, there is nothing you don't know here. Uh, who, who has heard about the Holy Spirit? Who has never heard about the Holy Ghost? You see, so we can even go home. You know, but I want to f- focus on two things that I'm not sure that many of you know on the day of Pentecost. The first thing, I want to focus on maybe the fire. Why the fire? And then why were there only 120 in the upper room? Amen? I'll try to deal with that and we'll see how the Spirit leads us. But before that, let's come back to Pentecost. You know, Pentecost was a, originally was one of the feasts, the biggest feast given by God to his people. And Pentecost was celebrated even before the coming of Jesus. Actually, to shock you, the Pentecostal didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Those who were celebrating Pentecost were in the market there. The disciples were in the upper room. They were not celebrating very different. So the Pentecostal, those who were celebrating Pentecost, didn't get the Holy Ghost. Those who were in the upper room got the Holy Spirit. They were not in the upper room because of Pentecost. They were there because they were afraid. And they were waiting for the Holy Spirit. But why did God choose that time to bring the Holy Spirit? There are many meanings in that. You know that the, the, feast, of a week, uh, the feast of the weeks of the Shavuot talks about first fruit. Amen? Harvest. And why would God bring the Holy Ghost on a feast of Pentecost? Which, according to the mind of a Jewish person, has nothing to do with what we are talking about. Till now, the Jewish are not celebrating the coming of the Holy Spirit. They are celebrating Shavuot. If you go to Jerusalem, they are not in the street because the Holy Ghost has come. They are there because God gave them a feast they are celebrating. We are not celebrating just because God gave a feast. We are celebrating because it was the coming of the Holy Ghost. Do you hear me? Okay. So, why did God choose a time like that? Number one, to signal that this is the first fruit of those who are born again. Because while Jesus was walking here on earth before he was crucified... No one could be born again. 
Because a new birth, according to John chapter number three, I think, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. Nicodemus said, but can I go back to the womb of my mother and be born again? He said, unless you are born of a spirit and of water. So the new birth is an orchestration of the Holy Spirit. It means you cannot be born again without the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian. He said, those who don't have the Spirit of Christ don't belong to Christ. So the new birth is an orchestration of the Holy Spirit. So there couldn't be new birth before the coming and the dwelling of the Holy Ghost. So the day the Holy Ghost came, that was the first day the new birth experience took place. Before that, they believed in Jesus, but they did not have the indwelling of the Spirit. The work of regeneration is not just the function of believing. The work of regeneration is the function of the Holy Ghost coming in you and recreating your spirit. Because before Jesus was crucified, people did believe in him. But they were not born again. Peter and them were not born again. That's why when there is something, they are like, whoa, 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 what is going on here? Because they didn't have a spirit. Jesus said, I have many things to tell you, but I can't because you can't bear it. And when the spirit comes, you will be able to bear it. So they were not born again. They were only born again at Pentecost. Somebody say amen. I, don't listen to me like... What is that? That's why I left some churches and I came to divine. And now you are doing the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is that the new birth experience is the function of the Holy Spirit. So, so, so God brought the Spirit on Pentecost. To tell the Jews that my real purpose in Pentecost is that my law shall not be on stones but on hearts. So that's why the Spirit came on Pentecost. And those who were celebrating the traditional Pentecost didn't get it. These are the people that ran to the place and said these people are drunk. All these people were there for Pentecost. That's why I say the Pentecostal miss Pentecost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So that's why I say to the people, when they say you guys are Pentecostal, I say, I don't know if I'm Pentecostal. I'm Holy Spiritual or cost or whatever it is. Holy Spirit's cost or whatever it is. But I'm not sure I'm Pentecostal. Because those who celebrate, those who were focusing on Pentecost missed it. Because they didn't see the spiritual meaning of that. They stay with the letters. And the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And there are many people that are staying with the letters. And, and the Bible says uh, that when the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost was a gift of the Father. But that gift could not come by itself. It was given to Jesus so that Jesus can give to the church. Let's read now scripture. Luke 3, 16. Let's go quickly. Luke 3, 16. When we are through, you will speak in tongues. You realize that this is not a joke. Haven't you realized that people that don't believe in speaking in tongues, something is, something is not right. I see them. If you believe and you are not speaking, you are on the good path. Hallelujah. But, but, but when you don't believe at all, very... Yes, I'm telling you honestly. I told you I was like that. I was one of the people that were preaching against these things until it got to me. And I thought I'd be cast a spell on me. Why did I go to the meeting? Let's go, John. John answered, saying to all, I indeed, what? <laughs> Baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Who send all? Stripe, I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with? 
Somebody say again, you've baptized with the Holy Spirit and with? Now, Jesus says, uh, John says, me, I put you in water. There is one. Kataso. That is coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There are two dimensions. The first is the Holy Ghost and the second is the fire. I know you got the wrong idea of fire. I'll tell you now. Hallelujah. So, Jesus is a baptizer. Somebody say Jesus is a baptizer. So when you believe in Jesus, you are qualified to be baptized. Nothing stops you. You don't need to be more holier. You don't need to fast for 40 days. These are stories that people are putting in the kingdom. That's why people don't get the baptism. People must cry. They must beg God. I cried for a week before I got the Holy Ghost. Who told you? If I cry before I get it, it's not a gift. It's a reward of my tears. And they say, I'm giving you a gift. It's the Holy Ghost. Maybe you cried because you were ignorant. But now come to knowledge. If I give you a gift and you have to beg me and cry and cry and cry, when I give you, it's not a gift anymore. Hallelujah. So Jesus is a baptizer. The word baptizo means to dip, to immerse. So what Jesus does, he immerses you in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There are, there are two dimensions in the Holy Ghost. The indwelling of the Holy Ghost is not necessarily the baptism. When the Holy Ghost comes to dwell in you, you are in the dimension of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, where you are the temple of God. But there's another dimension where they take you and they put you in the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus did. That's why the Holy Ghost will come upon you at baptism, not in you. Okay, let's carry on. Act 4, 5. I want you to take scriptures and go and study it at home. Eh? Can you do me a favor? Study those scriptures. Acts chapter number 1, verse 4 to 5. Is that very? Oh, please, this time not so hard. I can't shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Let's go on. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. He said, this is a promise from the Father that you have heard from me. He didn't say it's my promise. He said, it's the promise of the Father. You heard from me. And he said, don't depart from Jerusalem. Meaning that the promise will come in Jerusalem, number one. Hallelujah. Don't depart from Jerusalem. So, he didn't tell them exactly he said, don't depart from Jerusalem. But they have the intelligence to know that if he's bringing a promise, it must be in the last place we gathered. So let's go back to that place. It means that you won't get baptized with the Holy Ghost just because you heard about it. There must be a place. And that place is called hunger. You need to desire. And when you desire it, it does it. Hallelujah. Now, it tells us the purpose. He said, don't depart from Jerusalem. Don't, don't depart from Jerusalem. It means don't get, don't get too busy. Don't get entangled with other stuff. I don't depart. Just stay. Tarry there. And uh, Act 1.8. Let's read it. Act 1.8. Act 1.8. It said, but you shall receive. You shall receive. 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon and you shall be to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So he said, the reason why I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit is so that you can have power to witness. How many people here are shy to speak about Jesus when you are around people? Don't lift up your hand. Don't expose yourself. I'm just talking. <laughs> Never say, I hope he's not talking about you. Just, just say, I hope he's not. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the shyness comes from the fact that there's a dimension of power missing in you. When you put your car key on the ignition and you turn it, does the car say, no, I'm shy? <laughs> when the car, there's nothing wrong with the car, it will just start because there's a connection of power somewhere. So the power, when there is power, anytime it's needed, it releases. When the power is not released, there is a problem. Either, oh, I'm not a mechanic, I don't, I don't want to lie to you, I don't want to go into this thing. Please, excuse me. It means that there is something that is not connecting somewhere, or something. When you put it, something is not right. <laughs> One year I told them we were laughing, I said there are some cars that even cough on you. <laughs> and he laughed. <laughs> If there's no power, man. <laughs> then you need people to push it. <laughs> you understand? It means there's something wrong. There are, there's nothing wrong with the driver. There's something wrong with the car. So when the power is not released, it's nothing wrong with the Holy Spirit. It's something with a container. So you shall receive power. I'm praying that the church may receive that power he's talking about. I'm praying that the church may be a dynamite in this world. I'm praying that the church will not be laughed at, but the church should stand up strong and tall and be able to decree things that shall come to pass. So, 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 so the Holy Ghost came not just to dwell in us, but to also empower us. The power is released when the Holy Ghost comes. Okay, let's read now the scripture of Pentecost. Acts 2, 1 to 4. Acts 2, 1 to 4. He said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, we were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. And suddenly, somebody says Suddenly. Oh, I like the divine suddenness. I like the divine suddenness. Where you are, oh, suddenly. Oh, it's happened. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, why you are praying suddenly when you say, it happened, it happened. Whoa, I like the divine suddenness. And I'm praying that there may be divine suddenness in your life. In the name of Jesus, that the thing that you are trusting God for, like yesterday you were trusting, today you are celebrating. Su suddenly it happened. We have divine suddenness. Suddenness are not announced. They just happen. Hallelujah. Then they say, suddenly, woo, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. Look at the description, the wording. Woo, it's out of this world. Rushing, woo, mighty. It's a mighty, rushing, mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. Note, it filled where? It filled the whole house. My God. It came for the disciples, but it filled the house. It means that your impact is not just within yourself. 
Your impact is also your surrounding. Fills the house. Then he said, where they were, they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongue as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Mm, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the secret. When the Holy Ghost came, it did not just affect the house. It came in them and just affected their tongue. There was an ability to speak another tongue that they couldn't speak before. Oh, I don't know what the Holy Ghost did to you when he came. Which ability it gave you. Now, why fire? I'll explain to you. This is interesting. Why fire? Right there. Why fire? Why? Right. Okay. Don't ask me a question after. Well, she has that thing. Why? Why do you say that? That you don't want. That's why. You listen carefully. Okay. You know there is what we call the. You for those who have been in Israel, you know uh, what we call the kumaran. Kumaran. Yes. So it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, a place, kind of hills. I can't call them mountain hills. And uh, there are holes in, they do excavation there because this ancient scroll were hidden in there throughout the years and the walls to keep what we have today. Like the Torah, the book of the Bible were kept in those places. Hallelujah. Now, one of the discoveries of the Qumran, I was reading, it was interesting. There is a scroll that they discovered that they call the scroll, they call it Tongue of Fire. That was the name of the scroll, Tongue of Fire. And I'll explain to you what the Tongue of Fire means. Now, in that scroll, this is what was said. They said that God will speak to the high priest through Tongue of Fire. You know, the high priest wear what we call the breastplates. And they are stone. And there are two elements that are on. It's called the urim or the tumin. The, the, the tamin. Now, those, those tamin and the urim are two elements that are there. God will come and speak to the high priest through those two elements. And one of the other ways also where God speaks is that he will, he will, he will make the, the stone glow with letters. So that the high priest may know exactly what God is saying. Hallelujah. So, in those days, we understand that the fire is a unique privilege of a high priest. So, whenever, whenever the high priest goes in the presence, God will speak to him through tongue of fire. But he will materialize through the urim of the tumim. Or you can stab him, whatever you said. And, 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 and according to that, there was, no, there was no way for mistake because he could read or he could see through those two elements what God is doing. But it's in the Bible. I know you know that. It's in the Bible. Let me give you the scriptures. Let's read Ezekiel 28.30. Ezekiel 28.30. I give a lot of scripture so that you won't go and say, hey, he was saying those statements. No. You read it here with me. Ezekiel 28.30. Let's go quickly. My God. Help us. Ezekiel. There's no... F- or is, is it... Ezekiel, is that 30? Is Ezekiel 30, I think. Uh, no, then leave that. So I told Leviticus 8.8. 8. I don't know why I put Oh, sorry. 
I'm already going. It, Exodus. Exodus 28.30. Exodus 28.30. I'm on the wrong scripture. Exodus 28.30. Okay. And you shall put in the breastplate of judgment, the urim, and the tamin. How do you read this? Tamin. Or tumin. Whatever it is. And they shall be over Aaron's hearts. When he goes in before the Lord, so Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. Now, let's read Leviticus 3, Leviticus 8, 8. And then I'll just give one last one and then we'll go. There's a lot of scripture that I can give. And Leviticus 8, 8. Then they put the breastplate on him and he put the urim and the tamin in the breastplate. Hallelujah. Let's go to Ezra chapter number 2, verse 63. Ezra 2, 63. Ezra 2, 63. And the governor said to them that they should not eat of the most holy thing till the priest could consult with the urim, urim and vitamin. So what happened is that they were consulting God through those elements. That's why your devil took his staff of bone, he froze it, and he says he's talking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Try to copy God, but he can't. So those elements were on the, 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 the breastplates of the high priest, and God spoke for them. So what happened? On the day of Pentecost, when the fire happ- happened, these Jews, they understood that not only God is speaking to us face to face like he speaks to a man, but also he has established us as priests now. Because that was a unique privilege. So you understand now the scripture where Peter says that you are a, a holy priesthood because of the manifestation of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And then, let me take you back. In Exodus, when God appeared to Moses, in which form did he talk to him? Isn't it through fire? Ah. So the fire carries the voice of God. So at Pentecost, God made his voice available, not only for us to hear, but for us to speak. So at Pentecost, we were not just hearing the voice anymore, the voice was speaking through them. So when you are in real Pentecost, the voice of God speaks through you. Through tongue. Because it's the language of the Holy Spirit. So that's, the fi- that's what the fire is about. The fire doesn't mean, no, you become on fire, you jump. No. That's a misleading spirit. It's for you to understand your position. You have become a priest before God, speaking on behalf of God. And God speaks to you face to face as he spoke to Moses. Do you understand the fire? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I said it previously that in Pentecost, the law of God was written in your heart. Do you know that the first Pentecost that was celebrated ever was at Mount Sinai? And you know that at Mount Sinai, on the first Pentecost, God wrote the, on the tablet with his finger and gave it to Moses. So on the first Pentecost, the law was written on tablets. And Moses came down, and remember, he got mad at them, and something happened, and he smashed all the thing, and he has to go back. So on the first Pentecost, the word can still be destroyed. And God said on the second Pentecost, I will not write it on the tablet. Somebody will break it. I have to write it on the heart of the people. So on the second Pentecost, my God, the Holy Ghost came and wrote the law in your heart. Somebody say, I want scripture. Let's go to Jeremiah 31, 33. Jeremiah 31, 33. Jeremiah 31, 33. He said, 
But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write it on, the, on their heart. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. So the law of God is in your heart right now. The law is not on the tablets. The law is not even in the Bible. The law is in your hearts. That, that's a big statement. I'm like, ooh. You say the law is not in the Bible. Let me explain to you something. This Bible, who has a real Bible? Because we are all on the iPad and all these nonsenses. Yes. My Bible is there. This Bible, the Apostle Paul never saw it. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't. This was compiled years later after their death. They have the scroll, but you know in those days you can't walk around the scroll. It was in the temple. So how did Paul manage to walk with God? Why he didn't have a Bible? How did he manage to be so successful? Where there was no John chapter number one. How did he manage to be so successful? How did he manage? You know his secret? The Holy Ghost. So the apostle Paul knew that if you walk with the Holy Ghost, the law. Now, why do we use the Bible to balance? Because sometimes there are some deception that are not consistent to God's character. So we have double privilege. Now we can hear and we can check. My God. I don't need the Urim anymore. I don't need the Tamin anymore. I need the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Mm. So these people were, I was reflecting on the life of the apostle. And I said, my God. Paul wrote those letters. And himself, he was not carrying them around. He wrote it, gave it to the church. But look at the life he lived. I have, I have 66 books. But I can't live the life he lives. What is the problem? And I realize we have disqualified the Holy Ghost on the account of a written word. People will tell you, uh, I'm not sure because that's not what the Bible says. Yes, it's for a guideline. But there are some stuff you won't find in the Bible. You won't find. You will find it with intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Okay, 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 okay. Young people, is it written in the Bible of the name of a person you should marry? How do you know you should marry this one? If you don't have intimacy with the Holy Ghost, you will pick the wrong one. Because you will go on the face and the body. But these are containers. These are packages. You don't go on the package. No. You know, I went to a wedding. And uh, they were giving gifts. And somebody came with gift. I thought this is not gift. It was so heavy, I knew it was not a gift. Somebody came with a light envelope, put it there, went. When they opened, this was a big check. That one was coffee, tea bags, and coffee. <laughs> if you go on the package, you will pick the wrong thing. You just need to go on the sensitivity of the Holy Ghost. It means the guy can look like who or who? Denzel Washington. <laughs> I touched something right now. Let me move here. <laughs> no. <laughs> then you pick him. But you don't know. Inside of that dancing watching there, there's a tiger. Then the day you talk, you go. Denzi. What? There are some people when you pick them. You must go to learn karate. Because there will be a big fight every day at home. Some of you are despising some people. 
because of the package they are carrying right now. But I tell you the truth, if you have the eyes of the spirit, My God, my God, my God. My God, my God. My God, my God. My God, my God, my God. My God. When we are born again, we don't walk by sight anymore. We walk by the Spirit. Whatever the Holy Ghost says, that's what goes. I might not like it. But if the Lord says yes, there is something in that thing. How can you get honey? from the carcass of a dead lion. Samson has killed a lion. And then he goes there later on. There's honey in that, in that decomposed animal. He reached out, not to the rotten meat, but to the honey. My God, sometimes you need to see the honey in the rotten. Come on, 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 come on. So this was the life of the apostles. They chose to live a certain life because they could see the honey in the rotten. But now Christians have become so mind-driven. They look with their eyes. Like owls turning the neck everywhere. Wait on the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I finish with you. Now, why were there 120? Oh my God, let's go quickly. Uh-huh. Why were there 120? I want you to go to 2 Chronicles, chapter number 5, verse 12. 2 Chronicles 5, 12. Let's go quickly. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Azaph and Eman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their, and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbal, string instrument, and harp. And with them, 120 priests sounded the trumpet. Uh, I'm going somewhere. Just relax. Just relax, just relax, just relax. Hallelujah. The hundreds and twenty sounded the trumpets and the Spirit of the Lord filled the room. So, in biblical language, 120 priests stand for invitation of the Spirit. So that's why God picked 120. And remember, the tongue of fire confirmed that we were priests. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Now, in Solomon's days, the spirit filled the temple and the priest went out because they couldn't minister. In the day of Pentecost, the spirit filled the temple and then filled them. So there was no way to go out and it was a, you couldn't escape it anymore. It did not just fill the place, it filled them. So the temple was dedicated with a filling of the spirit. The second temple Don't you know that you have a temple Akasa, of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? Pentecost was a dedication of God's temple. So on the day of Pentecost, the new temple was dedicated. I know we talk about other temple, but I'm talking about now the body of Christ. On the day of Pentecost, that temple was dedicated to the Lord. And guess what? The same way the presence of the glory of the Lord came in the temple at Solomon, it came into this temple. So, this temple is filled with the presence. So, wherever this temple moves, 
Things that are not pertaining to God must flee. Look at the Ark of the Covenant. It was a box with, 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 a, with, 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 with how do you call it, with stone tablet on, uh, with, with other stuff. And when they came, when it came to the house of Dagon, and the Philistines made a mistake, they put the glory of God into the house of witchcrafts. The next day, the witch was on the ground. They fought somebody to just, no, they fought, it was like tackle him. He said, no, Dagon, stand strong. Put him back. The next day, Dagon said, it's because they have legs and hands that you are doing this. Everything was broken because the presence, my God. Somebody help me. The presence in that ark converted the place without speaking. It's not just when you speak. It's in your presence. So, so you need to understand that you have a temple. Now, why again 120? Hallelujah. 120 is the end of the life of the flesh. You need to know that. Whenever it's 120, is the end of the life of the flesh. Somebody say scripture. Genesis 3. Genesis 6, 3. Let's read. Genesis 6, 3. He said, and the Lord says, My spirit shall not strive with them forever, for indeed, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120. So the day of Pentecost was the end of the life of the flesh. Pentecost introduces the life of the spirit. So your, men, your old men died at Pentecost. And now you are walking in the spirit. That's what the apostle Paul says. If by the spirit you put to death the deed of the flesh, you shall live. Because the flesh shall not have mastery over you anymore. Because 120 was the end of the flesh life. So we have entered another era. Now we are in this. That's why in the book of Romans, when the apostle was talking, he didn't even think of anything holy. He said, however, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. Because he knew that the life of the flesh was over. Pentecost announces a new era in the kingdom. We are walking by the spirit now. Not by the flesh anymore. Because the flesh was finished. Remember, in the days of Noah, in the days of Noah, Noah built the boat for about 120 years. And when it finished, all flesh was destroyed. So God was prophesying since the book of Genesis uh, that there will be 120 that will mark the end of the flesh. So on the day of Pentecost, he put 120 people there to represent the life of the flesh. And when the spirit came upon them, when they came out of the upper room, they were not flesh anymore, they were spirit. So Peter was not behaving the same way. The same Peter that got into that upper room was not the Peter that came out. Because he was buried in the upper room, and now a new man has risen inside of him. He comes down, and that day he converted almost 3,000 people. He denied God Christ three times, and he made the devil pay a thousand times each time of denial. So I deny three times, I win 3,000 people. I'll make it big. So when we talk about the spirit life, it's not a joke. We are empowered. We are empowered. You know your problem? It's because you don't know the book of Romans, you read it wrong. Romans 8 is not necessarily talking about you. When talking about the flesh, struggling with flesh, he's talking about your former state. He's not talking about you. You guys read that and you put yourself in the flesh and you are dealing with things that are dealt with. Instead of chasing them, you are, de- you are just praying. Oh, Lord, praise What? When you come, ah! you don't belong here. I'm in the spirit. 
When a thought that is not glorifying God come, you know in Jesus' name. I resist you. I am a man in the spirit. I don't know where you are coming from, but I send you back to where you are coming from. I am a man in the spirit. I am in the spirit. Problem with Christians is that we are dealing with too many things. We deal with everything. It's like I go out and someone tell me, you, you are a woman, you are not a man. And then I go, oh, I'm not a man, I'm a woman. Something is wrong with me. I say, if you doubt your gender, go take a shower. You will know your gender. That one is clear. You take a shower, don't look up, look down, you will see your gender. Don't come here with your nonsense. Because I don't need a surgery to get a gender. I'm born with a gender. If I have a surgery to get a gender, something is wrong. So, whatever is not me, when you tell me, it does not bother me. Because I know it's not me. If a devil can come and say, 20 years ago you did this. I said, that is too bad. I don't know what you are talking about because that man died and I'm risen in Christ Jesus. If I live, it's not me living anymore. It's Christ living in me. The life I live now, I live it in the Son of God that saved me and died for me. I'm not dealing with past sin anymore. I repented from them. You know, when we were kids, we did weird stuff. And then, when I got saved in the ministry, hey, every year I repent, my Lord, please. And the Lord told me, when are you going to stop? I said, no, you say we must repent. He said, how many times I told you to repent over one thing? It means you don't understand repentance. You are in the spirit. I said, you are in the spirit. You are not in the flesh anymore. You have come to a place of the spirit. Now, when you are in the spirit, you have the ability to speak in a known tongue. It's there. It's fear that keeps you. And I said, people think, I'm not teaching about that. You should, you should have come the Wednesdays. I was really teaching clearly about the different time of tongue in the kingdom and how it operates. So don't get me on that. Just come to our archive. Hallelujah. But this tongue I'm talking about is a prayer language. And, and every Christian that is born again, that has been baptized, have that prayer language. And, and it works. People, it works. I say it works. Somebody say, you are making it up. I say it works. I remember I gave a testimony when I was in India where I was praying for that girl. She was 18 and she was born deaf and dumb. And I prayed with all my English, French, all the things that I've learned from my mother, it didn't work. And then I started to pray in my heavenly language and boom, her ears opened and her mouth opened. And I said, we have that on record. We videoed it. It's there. That prayer, I didn't know what I was saying, but the Spirit was saying something. There are times in your life where you don't know what to pray, but by the Spirit, by groaning and supplication, makes us intercession for you because we ought not, we don't know what to pray. Sometimes our mind is too, is too small for those type of prayers because your spirit men experience some realities that your mind cannot experience. And now you are caught up with your mind. Father, I want a car, I want a house. That's all you can pray for. But there are bigger agenda than a car. There are bigger agenda than a house. There are bigger agenda than a husband and a wife and money. There are more than that in life. And you need to release yourself in the spirit so that you may be able to speak they call it the mysteries. He said, you utter mysteries in the spirit. And no man understands. Only God understands.
Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. This is your Pentecost. Say this is my Pentecost. Say this is my Pentecost. I'm going to pray one prayer and going to do an offering. And then we... uh, and then we worshiped him. Just go there. Please help me. Now, if you are here and you don't know Jesus, and you want to give your life to Christ, would you please lift up your hand from where you are and say, today is my day. I want to experience that life in the spirit. Please, if you are here, can you lift up your hands and say, today is my day. Is there anyone? This is the, the, the first fruit. You should be born again on Pentecost. That would be nice for you. So if you are here and you say, I want to be born again today, stand up from where you are. Please. I need to see you quickly. Guys, quickly, come. Come, come. Come. Come, come, son. Come. Come. Those who want to be born again, you can come in front. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It will be weird that we don't get saved anyone save on Pentecost. That is wrong. Thank you, Jesus. 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 How are you? Good, good. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Hey, you look like an Englishman, son. Let's pray. Say, dear Lord Jesus, today I commit my life to you. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. I acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Today, I open my heart and I ask you to come in. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again and you are coming back. Thank you for saving my soul. Give me your spirit. I give you praise. In Jesus' name, stand there.